0: This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where right now summer favorites are there. I'm talking about the Oregon Star seedless tomatoes. If you're making those caprese salads, it's the perfect match. Uh, local stone fruit, we're talking peaches, nectarines, cherries, and, of course, Zupan's fresh Stretch mozzarella. Am Again, I saying that right? Mozzarella. There you go. It depends on where you're coming from. Certainly. Uh, pair that up with t- the tomatoes we
1: were just talking about, are the peaches or balsamic. Oh, so good. And also, um, Eleanor, our dear friend over at uh, Zupan's mentioned to me, their colossal scallops. They're dry packed and flown in fresh. They're the biggest in town. So if you like scallops, you want to get over to Zupan's um, and plan your summer dinner around those. Um, and their seafood mm-hmm. and their meat departments are fantastic. If you've never been to Zupan's, you have to go. You're not missing out there. because
0: you're, you're talking about food. They also have a great floral design center. And now they've paired up their floral design with wine classes taking place at the Burnside location. Uh, the last Saturday of July and August from 7 to 9, you can get full details on that online at zupans.com.
1: Right. And then down in Lake Oswego, they now have former Nel Centro and Pazzo chef John Eisenhart, the zupan chef. And there's one last dinner available. August 18th, it's a Hawaiian-style pig roast, so he's running the show there now, and you know they all sold out pretty quickly this year Mm -hmm. with him at the helm, and so I suggest you get on that as you're going to zoopans.com and checking out that news feed to get uh, those emails that give you some good deals every week. Yep, Uh, Check out that dinner as well. Three locations,
0: McAdam, Burnside, and Lake Grove, and as you mentioned, always zoopans.com it is time once again for portland's food scene podcast it's right at the fork with your host chris angelus from portland food adventures and he's live where
2: where are you right now chris live i hope i'm alive Wow. No, I'm I'm out at the coast. I'm dialing it in. Yeah. He's phoning this it in, folks. Intro. I'm not I'm not dialing the the interview itself in, but we record these intros sometimes after the interview. Yeah.
0: And this is one of those rare occasions where where uh we actually just connect you via technology called a cell phone and uh we're we, able to chat with you from from afar.
2: Yeah, I like that. You know, my a lot of my life has been enhanced by technology since really 19 the 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 late 90s i was one of the first people to be self-employed and driving around the country and using my laptop and cell phone to actually get work done without really let in those days you, you couldn't really let people know you were doing that you were pretending now well i don't know if i was pretending but you just didn't divulge the fact that you weren't in an office yeah you just got it done but nowadays it's certainly more accepted and um so we can come out of, you know, come out of the closet with the fact that I'm not sitting in the studio with you at this moment. Sure. We do this very rarely, though, and I'm glad we have the ability to do it.
0: Yep. And uh, it's it was, uh, I got to say, when it comes to this interview, this interview today has been a long time coming. We've been trying to make this happen for some time.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we, try, we, uh, we certainly want, everybody would want to have Gabriel Rucker on their show. Yeah. Um, and he's been a busy guy. So for a while, our recording dates didn't mesh with when he could do it. And, um, uh, we were, he actually at the end of the interview tells us what the impetus for his making the call to say, hey, let's finally get this done. Yep. So I don't push anybody too hard, hard. So it was nice that, uh, that Gabe Rucker called us and said, uh, it's time to come on the podcast. So great to finally have the oppor- opportunity to do that. I had interviewed him years ago when I was writing for About Face, and he was very gracious about that, um, about that interview right at the top of his game. And I would say he stayed at the top of his game since then. He's still doing fantastic things. And now with Kennard um, coming online, uh, he's got a, a third great restaurant, <clears throat> all of which are, um, are highly lauded. Um, the Oregonian actually since we did this interview between now then and now has come out with their best forty uh Michael Russell, the best forty restaurants list and I don't think there's anything wrong in Portland, Oregon with being number two because uh Le Pigeon has been number one for many years Yeah, it's, it's jumped back and forth. So uh, there's there is no uh, shame in being number two to uh a place like coquine as well. But um but Gabriel is certainly talented and the new canard is a very different animal than uh Le Pigeon right next door. So uh it's kind of fun to hear him talk about the differences as well
0: yes certainly the the differences as well as kind of how his life has changed now that he's got a third third restaurant in the mix and his answer when we were talking about his uh kind of his explaining of that was actually way different than what i expected and i'm not going to give it away now but right when you you add in that third thing it's not exactly what you would think would be happening so
2: right he's got two two third things he's got three kids now yeah so uh He's, pretty, he's a pretty busy guy, and, man, he's a, he's a respectable father, as he is a uh, restaurateur and chef. Um, it, look, it looks to me that he's running a, a really nice life over there, so uh, um, I have a lot of respect for the man, and uh, he also happens to share a birthday with me, so he's oh. on April 29th also. So every year we always exchange a little uh, greeting, and, and uh, sometimes I've gotten in there for uh, a toast as well.
0: Oh, very nice. Hey, before we yeah. get to the interview, uh, Chris, we should quickly talk about your trips coming up this fall. There's still some time, right?
2: Yeah, actually, we, we are taking two trips, one to Sicily and the other one to Barcelona. But we have room to go to Barcelona with Chef Jose Chessa still. And, uh, if someone wants to give me a call, I can go over the Austin itinerary. It's also at PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Um, but I'm also, uh, also have a special offer in for the next week, uh, because we have a couple of objectives we're trying to reach. And, uh, this trip is, will be the fourth year we've done it with Chef Jose from Ottawa, Jose Chessa. And, um, it's really cool. We're, uh, we're going to some of his favorite spots. Meeting his chefs that he grew up with, some of the places he cooked. We're going to the coolest pop up you can possibly imagine uh, in Barcelona. It's a cool trip. So, um, and I view it as a public service announcement. Um, it's not an inexpensive trip. We'll try to make it a little more inexpensive, but um, but it's something that if you have the the wherewithal to do it, it's really the trip of a lifetime with Jose.
0: You can find out all about that at portlandfoodadventures.com, dot com, right?
2: Yes, and thank you to the audience for, um, for indulging me in, in the opportunity to talk about that, because this interview with Gabriel uh, was worth, a little, worth waiting for. Mm-hmm.
3: Right at the fork, it's proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with the delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest bounty can be found at your closest Zupans, on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at zupans.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. Both serve the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles for once in a lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chessa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at PortlandFoodAdventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel these trips are for you and make sure to check in on local PFA events and by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its founding in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. Yeah, let's see
4: what it's like after i am done here. Well, it's not easy for you to do that,
1: right? Yeah. You're a little bit of a perfectionist, <laughs> Right? It's yeah. got to be right. So, to leave it alone. And your new baby. How yeah. is your new baby?
4: Uh, great. He's not new anymore. He's... 15, 16 months old.
1: Okay. Well, I was talking He's, about two new babies. That one and then there's Kennard. Oh, the, new baby. oh that
4: baby. That restaurant baby. Yeah.
1: But good. I like the fact that the first thing you thought of was your real was was oh, your of child. Course,
4: man, family first. Yeah. Um let's see, how's Canard? It's great. I got I, I left a very busy lunch, which is good. But brec- people need to go for breakfast. They need to know we're open for breakfast seven days a week. Oh that's like That's the jam, you know?
1: And it has that, uh, that's a tough one unless you're, that's tough because, uh, unless you're a breakfast spot in Portland, right? So it's hard. Yeah, I
4: don't know, like, I think that it's just getting on people's radar that, you know, like a lot of the service industry people, you know, don't have like the Saturday, Sunday brunch days off. Right. And, uh, you know, knowing that you have a just getting on people's radar. Hey, and it, you know it can be a coffee shop. You can go just hang out and have like a coffee and like fresh baked croissant, or you can go and have, you know, load up.
1: What would load up be? Because when I first saw you up for breakfast, I thought that is going to be a cool breakfast. And at least for a while, you'd be able to get in there pretty easily. For sure.
4: Uh, well, like nothing is, it's not like big oval plates of like you know, the omelet with the toast and the bacon and the potatoes, it's all kind of like the same at dinner you know, where it's like the, the plates are a little bit smaller. So, you know, we've got a killer omelet, but it's not going to, you know, just having a, a, a little omelet, you know, isn't going to fill you up. But that
1: up. makes it way more fun. Who wants to just order one omelet and just eat the same bite over and over and over again? This That's what I say. You know, it's like,
4: that. it really opens opens breakfast up to you to be able to like of choose your own adventure you know mm-hmm. like uh there's some killer french toast going on we have a soft serve ice cream machine and so we soak our french sir- uh, toast in the soft serve ice cream
1: what flavor ice cream is that
4: vanilla okay. we put a little we put a little grand marnier in there and then we uh it's like deep fry it like french toast sticks mm-hmm. with a little toasted rice kind of like almost like a horchata anglaise and oranges and walnuts you it's know the, the cool
1: thing about your food is it's. For, maybe for you it's easy to envision because you had to envision it in the shower but when you were figuring it out for someone like me you start talking about different ingredients and it's hard to picture so you have to go yeah, there yeah that's right
4: i think that's been a curse and almost and i mean i guess you can't say anything's been a curse because i have had a very blessed career but if the, you know i think that sometimes i have to get people on board
1: do you still feel like you need to do that I mean, I, it feels yeah, to me that I if anybody I, doesn't have to do that, it's you in this but town. But
4: I, I think that if you ever stop thinking that way, then you've kind of lost your way. So If you t- just expect people to like get it right, you know? Right. Like my job is first and foremost is like customer service. like
1: Well, and, to think of the customer and not necessarily yeah. and so like, about your ego.
4: Yeah. And it's not just like, well, I made this and it's good, so you should understand it. It's, and that's, but that's where maturity, I've been doing it for, at La Pigeon for 12 years now. That's where, you know, I didn't, I haven't always been able to see that clearly. But what was your,
1: what has been your influence that has caused you to have that, I don't know if you call it humility, but that insight to say it's not, it's about, or or once I start thinking this way, I'm in trouble because you did that with me once when we did an event a few years ago and I said, you know, I didn't think you needed to do an event. You didn't need the publicity for La Pigeon. That's what my events are. And, I, and yeah. you said to me, and I, I've mentioned this a lot of times, but you said, once I start thinking I'm too good for this, I, I'm going to fail yeah. or something to that effect. Sure. But you're going to fall down once you think.
4: Well, nobody likes said the same thing. Nobody likes a hot shot. Right. And it's like, it's okay. Like, like the word ego has a bad, uh, a bad rap. Yeah. Like a, having a healthy ego is needed. Otherwise right. you don't succeed but if you let if you let it get in the way. So
1: but it takes so you're busy as hell, right? You got a lot going on. You got three restaurants, kids, family. It takes a pretty special person to be able to step back and think, I'm not too I uh, I don't want to let my head get too big. I have to bring myself down a little bit. And it seems to me that you've done that, and I wonder if you think that is a large ingredient for your success.
4: Yeah, you could maybe. I mean, I've always the things that i when i you know we always look back and you say hindsight is 2020 20, the times when i was cocky or did let my ego get a little bit too inflated those are the times those like those moments when you look back at and you wince or like when you're falling asleep and you have like a memory flashback and you feel really guilty like that's that's usually those moments where it's like ah oh, jesus christ i wish i didn't
1: did you have to have those pointed out to you or did could you
4: no i'm usually the one that think- points them out
1: Okay. Cause I've been, a, the, I'm way older than you are, but I've been able to, all of a sudden I've noticed recently be able to go, Oh man, that was just, a, I, that was not the right thing to say. I feel terrible for that. Whereas I don't think I would have done it as much at your, at your age.
4: Well, I mean, we all, we all come across wisdom at, at, at different <laughs> points in our well, life. I'm glad, you And <laughs> you know, there's, there's in the grand scheme of things, maybe that's one little chunk of wisdom that I was able to come across at a, at a, at a younger age than you, but um. Yes. Yeah. But but but, it, but back to it like, you know, with the, you know, getting people on board. People people are on board. People do and the all of the restaurants are different as to what they're on board with, you know. Like at La Pigeon and you know, we do the we do a, a lot of the tasting menus like that's why I was what like I would say there's a, you know, at La Pigeon when you come in to La Pigeon it's warm, it's inviting, it's welcoming, hopefully. Sometimes, you know, there's a wait and it's busy and it's bustling, that's a restaurant. But you come in and you come there to kind of be like whisked into like our program, right? Like to get like what, like our plan of action. We have, we have a, we have a plan for you when you show up and Mm -hmm. you know, you can take it in a couple different ways, but whatever it is. And then at, at Little Bird, it's a little bit more like you can, you know, make it what you want. You know, we've got the bar area. There's some happy hours. You can go there, you know, having hard alcohol, I think, helps people make it different, mm-hmm. re- different style of dining, you know, because when you can just go for a cocktail, like La Pigeon, you can't, nobody just comes in and has a drink at La Pigeon. Well, you, you know. can next door. Well, then, yeah. So, so now then, then with next door, it's like, now it's like, Versus you walking through the door and us having kind of an idea what we want. Now it's the Wild West, you know. Do you just want to have a couple of cocktails? Are you having dinner next door and you want to have a cocktail beforehand? Do you want to just do oysters and champagne? Do you want to make a whole dinner out of it or a whole breakfast out of it? You know, do you want to have a drinking breakfast? It's like literally that restaurant can be, it can can be like an upscale fast food restaurant. You can come in and just chow down on steam burgers, french fries, have a couple of Cokes. You know, it really can be anything you want. And there's no right or wo- wrong way to experience it. And that's the real fun of having that new place.
1: How did that evolve? Were, was that born from,
4: this how isn't the, the LePigeon
1: experience, so let's create something that uh, enables people to do that?
4: Or Like, how did the idea for Canard evolve? Yeah, yeah. Well, we... I mean, LePigeon. there's always the stigma that LePigeon is, like, hard to get into. Mm-hmm. And that might be true at 7 o'clock in august thursday through sunday you know but it's not like this is portland oregon there's no restaurant you just absolutely can't get into like you can you can come at you can come on a monday and you know there might be you know you might have to wait 20 minutes or something but like you can get in that being and you, said you
1: have to use a little strategy too you get there early well, so you know. yeah
4: there's there's a million ways right and it's it's not we're not just like a two-hour line out the door from the minute we open until the minute we close, no, you know, I don't think
1: that's the case at all.
4: Um, but so, people think that. Yeah, that, there is that stigma. Oh, I would go to the pigeon. You just can't get in. It's like, well, try use use the actual phone. Don't don't just look at the computer. You know, well, people don't oh. use phones. I do. <laughs> I love. I hate texting. I love calling on the phone. Man, yeah. um,
1: um, same with me.
4: Anyways, but with with Canard, it was a long. Probably five years ago, maybe six. We there was a little space where, where Kira used to be a wine bar, and it's in the building that Burnside Brewing is now. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, um, she was gonna throw in the towel on that, and I thought that would be a cool little spot to have, like around the corner, wait because we're sending people to like, you know, nothing against the Doug Fur, but like or Ron Tom's, but like our clientele is not no. really Doug Fur Ron Tom's you know, not everyone. Sizzle but
1: Pie. You know, there you, that like,
4: was, Sizzle Pie wasn't there, man. The right. neighborhoods changed. Okay. Um, so the idea for a little thing, a very, you know, wine bar, champagne, some raw stuff, kind of like, I mean, I think that's even before they had Whiskey the Way Soda, bar. Or uh, Whiskey Soda yeah. wine, same thing. Yeah. So that idea was kind of thrown around and then it, it just didn't really materialize. It didn't happen. And then, you know, I guess it always stayed in the back of our mind and Andy, my partner and, uh, Andy Forking, uh, he's, he always had his eyes on one more. And so, uh, when the space next to the pigeon, which was a waxing salon came available, I wasn't really ready to do it. And so I talked him out of it. And, uh,
1: what was your argument for what was your I just wasn't
4: I don't I just didn't want to the I didn't, wasn't ready to do something. I had a lot I think I had I had my son on the way, my third son on the way, and I knew that it would be bad and it just wasn't the right time. And then uh so a steampunk clothing store went in next door and um great neighbor woman named Panda great but like, you know, steam the rents in that neighborhood and steampunk clothing store just, it didn't, it didn't last long. And uh, I had been toying around with making these steam burgers for, for our staff meal just for fun. And I thought to myself, this is something I would really like to give to people. I would like to, uh, you know, this is something I would, that would bring me joy to give to people. These steam burgers, oysters. Because
1: you're a big in and out fan. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's where that's born from, yeah, I, I mean, would I imagine.
4: Yeah. I've never had... White Castle, even though they're pretty much my version of a White Castle burger. So. Not
1: even the frozen ones that you can buy? Mm, and- I
4: think I did as a kid. I had those. But ignorance is bliss in that, you know? Because I was copying something without actually trying. I was copying the idea of something right. without copying the actual. I
1: don't think you re- it was going to help you to copy the actual one knowing White Castles. But.
4: Yeah. But I think that's a lot, of, uh, a lot of my cooking is like taking an idea that I've never actually experienced it. Literally the idea of the idea. hmm and emulating it. Um, but like for instance, you know, it's like uh, this morning we have a brand new pigeon dish going on the menu at La Pigeon, and it's uh like Shoyu pigeon that's drawn from like an experience in Hawaii at a mini mart, eating some like shoyu chicken out of the hot counter and then um Is
1: that something you've logged in your mind and yes, said I'm for gonna sure. do this someday? Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay. And and then uh pigeon confit rangoons. I don't like crab rangoons because I think the idea of the imitation crab and the cream cheese just grosses me the fuck out. But when we make pigeon, when we have pigeon on the menu, we serve the breast. We have a lot of leg meat. To it, So shredding that and making pigeon rangoons. And then um, peach XO sauce. An XO sauce is something I've never actually made before, but it's, you know, people like. I know it's a popular thing.
1: Are you eating a lot of what you cook now? Because you've changed your diet pretty drastically over the last few years
4: i have been i haven't been eating that good this month but
1: uh oh so you go off you're not you're not ocd about it
4: no i mean i'm i mean i'm a chef I, i love feed as a chef i i love feeding people more than i love feeding myself but i do love to eat but uh yeah for the most part i try i'm getting back on track with putting good in my body summer you know with the kids like the whole the whole like all of a sudden it just like just kids you fall off a cliff and summer like life is changing you know the there's the camps and there's you know we took a trip to mexico and that was fun so i'm a man of routine so i gotta get I'm trying to get my routine back but uh
1: but even just having kids it's so much easier to eat unhealthfully than it is uh yeah i think healthy for, food
4: i think that eating healthy with the kids is actually easier because we it, there's less of a draw off, like it's not so much of like, just going out all the time. We eat at home a lot more. You know, I, you know, I, I have a pretty cool kitchen that I put in my backyard a little while ago, and uh, like with a nice like, Argentinian style grill. Uh, there's a like got you know actual countertops in a sink, pizza oven, wood, all wood fired. You know, so I um, just
1: realized what I said. I'm saying to you, who's got this, these these mad skills and this great kitchen, coming from a guy who. It didn't cook much, so it was easier to feed my kids just something for you. It's a whole different thing. You you think differently. We
4: just like cooking at home. You know, it's like I, uh, you know, we had a, especially in the summer, we just cook entire meals and eat outside, you know, and then the kids can run, around and play. And there's a lot less mess in the kitchen when all you're doing is bringing the dishes in versus like pots and pans in there, you know, cook as much stuff on the grill. mm -hmm. So I made, you know, like some kind of like veggie, rice bowls with a little hummus and we grilled some chicken and put it on top. And that was that. And then I always, Sunday nights, I always make enough food. So I have some for the week. So then I have like nice, like veggies, rice, lean chicken. And that's what I'm eating, you know, and that's what being on track is for me. It's, you know, but I have fun with it. I.
1: So did you, and you're never overweight, but when you went in that direction, um, what did it do for you what did, how did you 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 obviously felt better
4: eating you, eating and exercising yeah of course so yeah how
1: long ago was that
4: four four years ago maybe five years ago,
1: okay, so you've had a good run with it that's good, so you feel better about it is that reflected in your menus mm, no yeah, I didn't think so
4: no uh because that's just separate and like I make fun food, you know, like I don't, I mean, we have like a nice like veggie quinoa bowl and, uh, that you can get at Canard and that was fun. And, um, you know, Marcel always has like a really nice fresh veggie sandwich and great salads going on at little bird. But like, then there's all these still like, you know, chicken fried trout and fried chicken caca van and steak with, you know, uh, Bordelaise sauce and All the goodies
1: Did you have all those goodies in mind When you opened Le Pigeon From when you were at Gotham And then was that what you had in mind When you opened it or did that just evolve as you No it's been just an kitchen?
4: evolution There wasn't like a plan Like Opening La Pigeon wasn't even a plan It was just a day that I met A guy that had a restaurant that needed a chef
1: Our friends at San Pellegrino Would like to shine the spotlight On dining and sipping at Noble Rot Since 2002, The Rot has educated and entertained and fed Portland. Local, national, and international media have consistently praised their style. The restaurant sources some of its bounty from a rooftop garden. And below that, you'll find one of the best views of Portland from any restaurant in the city, looking west on downtown from its perch near where Burnside meets Sandy Boulevard. Keeping things real and delicious, Noble Rot was a James Beard Award-winning semi-finalist for best wine program in the USA this year, in 2018, and just last year was Willamette Week's pick for best Portland wine bar. A great way to complement any dish on Noble Rot's exciting menu is with a sparkling bottle of San Pellegrino. Make sure to check out sanpellegrino.com to see where the best chefs in the world recommend you dine. And here in Portland, San Pellegrino suggests you reserve a table soon at Noble Rock. What were those early days of Le Pigeon like menu
4: wise? I mean it's not that far off. I have a lot I have a binder of like really old menus that I found recently. It was pretty fun to look at and like walk down memory lane. Um, It's not like the idea, the ideas that are there are not that different than the ideas that are there today, but the maturity has grown a little bit. And there's, uh, I hate to say we're able to do more, but it's a little bit more complex.
1: And is that also because you've surrounded yourself with some great people who can help you, uh, develop more complex ideas?
4: Yeah. To a certain point, yeah. There's uh, definitely a lot of different voices in the three restaurants, which is a strength, you know, Mm -hmm. because when you start your own restaurant, when you're 25 years old and you haven't had that much time to like go and experience the world and learn from great chefs. I mean, I was lucky to have some great people that I did learn from. Um, you, you have to pull from the people that you hire, you know, and if I stop learning from the people that I hire, then that's another one where I'm letting my, my shit get in the way, you know, and if I you, stop, if I stop opening my eyes up to people that, you know, that work for me.
1: What are you looking for most in a hire when you're hiring someone? What's the
4: attitude? 100%. I can't teach someone to have a good attitude but i can teach them to cook
1: so skills skills aren't as important if someone has the right you
4: attitude. have to be able to you know you can't you have to be able to you know know your way or, you know know your way around a little bit but if you're a you know hot dog in, in the kitchen and you got a you know shitty attitude then even if you're the best you know at searing duck or whatever i don't care it's not part of a team. Hit the road.
1: Is your uh, love of baseball somehow related to your life as a chef? Because it's team. It's it's teamwork. You can't fail as much in the kitchen as you do at baseball. You can't bat three hundred. That's true. But it's still it's an individual game, and a, and you know at the end of the at the end of the day, it's a team sport too.
4: For sure. Yeah. Um, that's I never thought about that. Batting three hundred is pretty good in baseball.
1: Not and- not good in the kitchen
4: not yeah 30% doesn't really cut the cut the mustard for success and it, you know that that uh that bar has been risen too you know over the years so do you feel pressure because oh, yeah. when people you know oh, for they sure. expect
1: the perfect experience it's that it can never fall short at yeah I one mean, of I your feel restaurants tons
4: of pressure all the, like every
1: and how do you deal with day?
4: that um well Sometimes it's through exercise before work. I try and exercise before work every day to kind of clear my head. And that's like the the gap between the pressures of home life and work life. Um, sometimes meditation, running, sometimes just saying, you know, like my mantra, like when I like, sometimes like I'll run, like going to run on the weekend up to Mount Tabor and like, you know, sit and kind of meditate for 10 minutes or something. And, you know, I think as humans, we never feel like we're good enough. I think everybody, even the people that like, when, like the people I look at that as the most successful still have lots of self doubt and, um, you know, anxieties and whatnot. And I'm sure people look at me as being like, Oh man, he's got it so good. So success, you know, so successful. But I have those same feelings of pressure, weight, anxiety, and self doubt. So my mantra is when I am feeling like, you know, life is heavy or work, you know, so my meditate my my little mantra I say to myself when I meditate is just you you are good enough and you do your, as good as you can and I just repeat that to myself and it's sometimes I get myself to believe it and sometimes it's a load of hot air.
1: That's your parents on your shoulder because you told me once that your parents were really supportive. No matter what kind of game you had, they would tell you it was it was good enough and or you tried hard and, and yeah yeah you're, yeah they're super good supportive yeah and I think that that's very important because once you can either not care about your kid or you can be really hard on them and they found a balance and it seems like you probably found that you found that balance professionally and you need it as a parent.
4: trying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Trying. It's, you know, but there's, you know, I mean, shit, the better, the better things get, the more you got to deal with, you know, it's like the more, just the more you pile on, the more, chances you have for something to come up and not have it be a perfect day exactly but it's you know
1: it's easy to play it safe you don't have as many things going on and hannah's got a, a career too that she has yeah. that's got a lot of pressure that comes with it yeah too, yeah yeah. in real estate yeah so the two of you aren't just aren't just sitting still and you have you're pretty cool role models for your kids i think i look and think they have uh they've got to be learning a lot
4: we tried um, yeah. to, yeah. I mean, they're all, all, they're, all three of them are, are very different and have, but... Uh, How old are they now? My son turns seven on Sunday. And my daughter's four, but she'll be five in September. And then Freddie, my newest, is one.
1: Okay. So when we did that interview in a bad face, that was the day you found out your daughter was going to be a girl. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. You texted me after that, so...
4: All right. Yeah. So I forgot about ha- that. That was a long... Do you still do that? No, I don't, no. Do, I
1: don't do that anymore. I like this better because we get a full hour with you. If in that magazine to edit yeah. down this interview, we would, have been, we would have had as much as your first five minutes of discussion or 10 minutes of discussion. But the thing that I, I wrote this morning is really cool about that is what we do here in the studio is very different than you invited me out to your home to do that interview and that was pretty cool being able to do that and your your yours wasn't the only home that i was invited to and you know in print that that was uh it was interesting to see your life but it's changed a lot since then it really has yeah 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 are you still into cars
4: no i don't, we can sw- that
1: that was one thing that went by we the wayside sold, with families we,
4: we sold the old car someone in new zealand actually bought it
1: Really, they shipped it over
4: there, and they yeah came and picked it up. Was so that it,
1: a Valiant, a Plymouth? What?
4: It was a Barracuda, Barracuda. a Valiant Barracuda. Oh, yeah. I had it right. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. But I just have to
1: <laughs> and that that was my era of cars.
4: I grew up yeah. around them. So yeah, that was like my fourth Valiant that I had. My first car was a '69 Valiant. Um, so no
1: more Valiants. No
4: more Valiants. We got kind of boring now. We got a minivan. And a uh, Toyota 4Runner.
1: Well, that's good. Well, you got a haul. You got a lot to haul there.
4: Yeah, we got, yep. The... And
1: do you get a lot of time off to do uh, a lot of family stuff?
4: Yeah. I'm, I mean, like I said, family first. So I still love cooking on the line, cooking for people, but it's like the nights I do it are, you know, dwindling. Uh, and so I work like two, two or three service nights, time shifts. Um, I'm a real early riser. So like this morning I was in, yeah, you <laughs> answered the phone early.
1: I was, well, I got a puppy. That's my excuse for being up yeah. at 5:30 when I get your text okay. this morning.
4: Uh, yeah. So I love getting up early. So, and you can get so much stuff done in a restaurant before a bunch of people show up. It's a real, it's like a, it's a real beautiful time. The early, yeah. Early morning. There's like some weird, there's some cool energy when you get into a, a restaurant at like four or five in the morning. And
1: And you're obviously the only one there.
4: Yeah. And it's all shut down and you're unlocking everything. But there's still the energy of the night before because it has only been an hour, a couple hours since people locked that door. You know, there hasn't been that much of a gap of time. Mm -hmm. And so there's still this like, it's peaceful, and it's quiet, and you're by yourself, but there's still this cool little, like, buzz of something, some sort of energy. That's pretty cosmic,
1: because it's still there. Yeah, I And everything's been cleaned up, right? So it's not like there's... Yeah, ho- the well, last... ho-
4: hopefully everything's been cleaned yeah. up, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's not like when you wake up in the morning and go, ah, oh, shit, I still have to clean the kitchen. That's... that's No,
4: done. no, no, no. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty... Uh, that's nice, and I would So really... what do you get
1: done there? Is, is there some spiritual moments? Do no, you,
4: but, like... It's you can it's a nice time to be creative, you know, like because with the minute that things start happening, you start getting asked questions, with your phones, you're getting text messages about orders and about things you're having to do orders and if you can you know, having a little couple quiet moments by yourself. Like that's how I, I started doing my Mondays now. Cause Mondays can be kind of like, you know, I take Saturday and Sunday off, so Mondays, you know, it's like discovering what's been going on over the weekend. So if you, I start my Monday a hell of a lot earlier now and I just kind of slowly, I can jump right out of bed, but I kind of just slowly immerse myself into the day and what's in the walk in and what order do I need to play? You know, there's a lot of orders and stuff to get things going on Mondays and setting myself up for the week.
1: So you're still doing a lot of the ordering. Uh huh. Most of it for the Uh, week? I
4: mean, not for all the restaurants, but I, but for pigeon, uh, actually for canard, I do Monday big orders, and then a lot of the like, you know, truffles, mushrooms, and stuff like that. I'll I'll still handle ordering.
1: So, um, do you are you taking in the vibe of the restaurant by yourself? Because they're usually they're all pretty crowded all the time. So to be the only one there is. Is a, yeah, it's
4: nice. A you know, like yeah, like I said, it's great. You. Yeah, you put on usually put on some pretty mellow music and just kind of.
1: What kind of music are you listening to? Because you, you, when you were younger, DJing was your thing.
4: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I still listen to a lot of trance music when I exercise. Like the I like the '90s like trance music for sure mm-hmm. for exercise. Uh, and then um, when I'm at work, oof, anything you know, it just de- it just depends. A lot of times I let the other all the other kids pick the tunes
1: you're you're referring to them as kids now what's that that?
4: they're the kids oh sure they have been for a long time
1: so you're the you're the elder statesman then
4: i'm getting there
1: so how do you feel about the um all the accolades that you've had a couple of james beard awards uh yeah how does that
4: super super fucking blessed
1: and uh, you're also talented to do that too it's not just a blessing it's, you had to work really hard to do that. Yeah. And smart, right? There are a yeah. lot of people working very hard who have never even been nominated
4: so, for a James Beard Award. Yeah, so I think that, um, but I, But that being said, that's a good point, you know, and that's where the the blessing comes in. There's a lot of people working really hard that have never been nominated for a James Beard Award. I am lucky to have had the luck. I had the luck to, be, to put me in, to have, you know, to put me in contact with Paul, who had a restaurant called Colleen's that needed a chef and have him meet me and say, sure, I'll give you a shot. That was the luck, right? That I got this connection, but you know, everybody has a chance. It's what you do with it. And I was, you know, I seized the moment.
1: And what did you do to seize it? So what separates you as a guy who's You know, at the pinnacle of the Portland food world, no one could argue that, you know, if someone was going to say, who's the most prominent chef in Portland, you could have an argument, but you're going to be in that argument. You're going to be in that discussion every time. Thank you. And I like the fact that you just kind of nodded and said, I'm not so." sure. Your body language said, I'm not so sure about that. That's awesome. But what do you think separates you from what? what What allowed you to to accede to that level that that others may not have been able to yes there's luck involved well, but there's also there's an ingredient about you there's something in and so when
4: i when pigeon first first started when, in two thousand six I was twenty five and more cocky than I am now there's and, still some
1: cockiness there you think <laughs> well you've got to have a little bit <laughs> yeah, right no, yeah, I
4: mean just, geez, dude. you got to stay competitive? I know I'm just kidding um but I was fearless, was not afraid to do or try anything. And at that time, um, I, you know, I, yes, I am good at, at what I do. I'm good at cooking food, not every day, but I do my best. And some, most days, you know, I'm lucky to have things work out, but I had, I think that one of the, that fearlessness and, you know, some good foundation of talent. And then, um, You know, at that time, my right-hand man was Eric VanClay, you you know very well. And he was a little bit more of a voice of reason. He was a little bit more mature at that point than I was. And he really was like, I think we were a great one-two punch for that first year. Mm -hmm. And um, that dude is like wildly talented. He also had way more like actual real restaurant cooking experience than I did. Like he had like been around the block and like, cooked you know I was like kind of a fake it till you make it person I still feel like I am but that's um
1: you're still faking it good
4: and uh and 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 so like that kind of like hey that's wild i you know just that 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 one-two punch of us and the restaurant used to be closed on Mondays and Tuesdays and we would on Tuesday we would go in and we would just sit down and talk about what we wanted to make and it was like this super you know age of wonderment and excitement and nothing was played out and And, you know, because it was all, it was just, everything was exciting. And it was like this, well, we can do this. Yeah, we can do that. And then it was, you know, but Eric also kind of, for me, I was like, fuck you out of everything. And he was like a little bit more, a little bit more reserved. So I think that that was nice. And then, uh, you know, a year later, having Andy come on board and, uh, you know, a good chef's a good chef, but you gotta, you gotta have someone that knows how to. You know, get people health insurance, pay the taxes, uh, do the numbers, do too. just Imagine. all of the stuff, and it's funny. You know, I feel like, you know, that's the like without without a partner like Andy, there wouldn't be a little bird, there wouldn't be a canard, and there probably wouldn't still be a little pigeon because you know I wasn't in the headspace to run a real business. I could cook some food, cook some mean food, and I could manage people and you know handle the kitchen pretty good, but like. Andy came along at just the right period of time to like shore things up. And it's, you know, I don't know if my maturity will ever catch up to his, but it's slowly we're inching closer to each other.
1: Well, plus he's, he's, if you have one person, at least you have that person. There are a lot of people who wouldn't have found an Andy either through luck or just being able to accept, I'm going to bring this person in as a partner.
4: I mean, it's, well, I mean, at that point, yeah. And the idea, well, I didn't even have any, no, no one had any idea in Portland, like how awesome he was at like writing a wine list and just, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think that we've talked about We, you know, we our our relationship is pretty awesome. And we, you know, we're both married, but we have like our relationship, we treat it like a marriage too. And it's worked fabulously for 12 years, but I think that he feels like I'm incredibly valuable to him. And I feel like he's incredibly valuable to me. And I think that that's how you make it work. But that's, you know, that's the real nuts and bolts of, you know, the evolution and how, how le pigeon would probably would have been a flash in the pan if it wasn't for, you know, having some people with some real strong common sense.
1: And, you know, like any other marriage for you to have 12 years in and you're still doing okay with each other, better than okay. Yeah. You like each other. Yeah. 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 That's. You know, you're really beating the odds because you're doing that on a personal level and you're doing it in business. And it's not just Andy. you got three restaurants where you have to have everybody in the kitchen that you're having a harmonious, with whom you have a, a, a harmonious relationship. Another great opportunity right here, Chris, to talk
0: about one of our favorite places to go, Ringside Steakhouse or Ringside Fish House, part of the Ringside Hospitality Group.
1: Yeah, and great hospitality, by the way. Oh, man. You don't get better service anywhere, I
0: found. You don't. I took my mother-in-law to uh, dinner at the Fish House uh, for her birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old she is because I'm a good son-in-law. Uh, but she had. She told me afterward It was the best birthday dinner she's ever had in her
1: life. Wow! So there are a few because we know she's older than you are. Yes,
0: Yes, we know that for a fact. <laughs> and uh, they just. I mean, I, they. I, I. booked the reservations, and they asked in the reservations if it was a special occasion, and I. I just marked birthday. Mm-hmm. When we got there, there was a card to my mother-in-law, uh, signatures from everybody on staff that day. Wow!
1: Special touch like that. That's who really does that. Nice. Ringside. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I have to do that. We had my birthday there. I didn't get that. But, did, but you we might, got some pretty cool You probably things. didn't did you mention
0: Oh yeah, we did get some special things. <laughs> yeah. We got we got onion rings. which is what we yeah, got. Yeah,
1: if you haven't had the onion rings at, at ringside, it's pretty special. Yeah. And either one. You can get them at both,
0: one. both locations. Yes. So Happy uh, Hour menu, which is always great uh, at the at the fish house. You and
1: I have enjoyed that together. Right. And and uh and then uh Dollar Oyster Mondays, mm-hmm. D-O-M. I was yeah. trying to come up with that. Um, that's pretty great, and you can mix that in with happy hour on Mondays, too. And yeah. then Sundays all day,
0: happy hour. Which is pretty sweet. So, At the steakhouse on Monday nights, you got the special deal on the uh, prime rib.
1: Which is, yeah, 35 bucks for prime rib and... I suggest a little upgrade to the lobster mashed potatoes on that. I, I introduced my
0: mother-in-law to the lobster mashed potatoes, which is available you're, at both locations. You're a great son. Oh man, it's it's like it's life changing.
1: All you need to know uh, as an as a son-in-law is ringside, and you're set so true so true <laughs> so uh, that i've been going lately and getting also the king crab legs oh i yeah. love those you it's just you, easy. Uh, sh-
0: you shared that with me the other day it was yeah, nice yeah they were great so you um, mentioned the oysters a little bit ago they've got this oyster shuck off coming up in august uh, actually august 1st from 4 to 6 what do you know about this
1: i don't know anything yet i've been to shuck offs before and they're really fun uh, okay at, and I don't know if it's going to be the same at this, but there there will be oysters available. I think it's only a $7 admission in advance. Yeah, uh, that's what ab- it looks like. Ten, ten. It's from four to six on August 1st, and it's, uh, it's kind of fun. It's going to be ringside fish house versus... Headwaters versus who's the other one? South Park. South Park. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um,
0: three great places to get oysters. Right. Who will shuck the best? And they're all going to be they're all going
1: to be shucking in Directors Park on yep. August 1st. So, so check that, that
0: out. Certainly. You can also uh, make your reservations, take your mother-in-law to the uh, ringside of your choice at their websites ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com.
1: How uh when Eric decided to leave, what did that how was how did that feel to you and how did you react to that immediately
4: well i mean i was i was happy for him he was going to do his own thing and you know that's if you that's what a chef you want. and you have someone work for you for a long time and then they they leave to you know i will always want someone to move to leave to go forward not leave and go backwards and he had been with us for so long that it was like uh there's always, you know, look for signs for like, hey, okay, it's time for a change, you know? So I looked at it as like, good, great, happy that you're moving forward. And then, okay, this one person and his energy has been with us for so long and it, we're going to miss it greatly, but let's make it a positive thing and let's just, you know, bring in some new energy and get some new life. in.
1: And I would imagine that's a fun endeavor for you because you've got some... A lot of people want to work at your restaurants. So while it's, a, it's challenging in this market now to find good talent, you probably have a better better shot at some of the good talent than... I do feel, you know, yes,
4: I do feel pretty lucky. If we, we are able to attract really good cooks. And it's, you know, you can have all of the awards on your wall and all of the, you know, be, you know, badass food. But if you treat people like shit, they're not going to want to work for you. Being able to attract good cooks is great. Being able to cook good cook, or keep good cooks, so that's that's a skill.
1: Oh, I think... And that,
4: that's just, you know...
1: Especially in, in a in a market where it's tough to even find them, you don't want to spend a lot of time... Yeah, I'm much more into,
4: speed. into a harmonious kitchen where people are laughing, having a good time, and getting along, than, you know, being made to feel stupid, yelled at, and told that they're not good at what they do. Isn't
1: that kind of going away?
4: I... I, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's never been my it's kitchens, never it's you know. never been my jam, because uh, one of my you know one of my philosophies has always been if, if people are having fun doing doing what they do then it's going to be a better experience for the guest.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I know when we, we go to uh, with Jose to Spain, yeah. and where he used to work, uh, Conjurban, out in the country, the kitchen has this incredible view. And not that the guests don't, but they have smaller windows upstairs. The kitchen has this full glass on view and their philosophy is, you know, they're working hard. And if they have a good experience at the restaurant, same thing, so, you know, it's not all about the view, but you know, and then I think a lot of people Think? think they're running a good show and having fun. It's like you see in dating profiles. I like to have fun and I do this and I do that. But then in real life, they're not really acting like that, so yeah, you, yeah, have, yeah. you have to walk the walk and not just.
4: Yeah, that's true. Maybe I mean, hey, I, I do my best,
1: and and it's just a natural synergy, right? You don't, you're not planning social uh, ideas, and how, here's no. how we're gonna get along. It's got to be organic.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, and that comes from a passion for cooking that everyone has. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that. Sorry, man. No, you were up, I know you were up at least at 5.30, so that's cool.
4: Um, I would say that for me, like, some of my biggest, like, stresses in work and life comes from when that synergy is, when there's something missing in that energy with with my employees, if there's a, you know.
1: And how do you fix that?
4: Mm, Try and talk to people, you know, and be open and, you know.
1: So if there's a bad cog... You you recognize it pretty. I guess it's pretty easy to or recognize. Or someone who
4: recognized. I just recently had someone that they, you know, something wasn't going well with them, and they came and talked to me about it. I respect the hell out of that, you know. And then so if you have the what was. I'm just
1: curious what their problem with you was.
4: Well, I'm not going to talk about that in a podcast. Okay. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Maybe it wasn't necessarily a problem with me, but it was a. It was a problem. That was.
1: Oh, they're a life problem. No, just oh, at, at work, a work.
4: work problem. Yeah, but but those uh, are
1: gonna happen. I mean, come on, man, you're running a complicated, three complicated machines over there, Uh not over there, yeah, but yeah, around yeah. here, around here. Those things are gonna happen. They sure. can't run. They can't well, run that's like the top yeah. all the
4: time. No, but that's what I'm saying. Though. But that's what that. Those are the those are my hardest parts about being a chef. Right. It's hard to be everyone, everything to everyone.
1: But you know, it can't be a perfect world. So if I was to ask no. you what you would just fix. Tomorrow, if you could, it's probably a tough answer because.
4: What would I fix tomorrow if I could? Professionally. I mean, the first, I would say, I'd say more butts in the seat at lunch and breakfast at at Canard and Little Bird. It's a
1: sales issue.
4: I mean, we're, yeah, we, we, you know, uh, I definitely want to see, I'd like to see more people in uh, Little Bird for lunch. Uh, the menu is really great right now. It's nice. You can get, you know, it's not as heavy as it used to be, which is wonderful. Um, the team is great. And then that uh, breakfast from, you know, eight in the morning until noon at Canard.
1: All right. We got to fill that.
4: Yeah. I mean, when it hits, it hits, but you know, and it's hard. So we're doing it seven days a week. Yeah.
1: That's what kind of, that was a hard, was that a hard decision to be open seven days a
4: week? All my places are open seven days a week. Here's a
1: guy who court who's yawning, and he, he's saying, yes, it's, it's okay to be open. So do you need a day off? Do you need some rest? You want well, no, to take it. Saturday you and get, Sunday it. off. Yeah, yeah, you get it off already. That's enough for you? Do you think that's going to be enough as you get older? You're going to start... Is that going to become Friday, Saturday, Sunday?
4: I don't know, man. I haven't thought about that.
1: So, that, and that's what but, I... Right,
4: right now, life is life is very good and full in a good way, but I, I don't feel... Uh, I don't feel, like, overworked as far as, like, hours uh, is concerned.
1: And are you looking—so f- do you and Andy sit down and plot out business over a year, two years, five years, what you might want to do? Do you have visions for—at some point you had a vision for—he he wanted a third. Um, no vision
4: for a fourth, Chris. No vision
1: for a fourth right now. No. And no vision outside of Portland. You're, you're no. a Portland man
4: through and through. Well, I just don't see— the idea of like getting on an airplane to go work somewhere and then leave it, it doesn't sound good. It's not my style of management.
1: Right. Plus also you haven't appeared on, the, the, the TV shows are here recruiting all the time and they have to be calling you. They want you to be on Iron Chef or whatever. You don't do those I things. I haven't
4: gotten calls for that in a little while. I used to get them all the time, but.
1: Why wouldn't you get? Why? Why do you think that stopped?
4: I would. Maybe think. I said no too many times.
1: Yeah, that's probably it. And why'd you say no? Other than the standard answer would be, it's not my jam either. But um, no,
4: I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would do it. No, it was always I was always just ha- worked too much. Like to go and just do like a top chef or something like that. You got to take a, a lot of time off. To, you know go right. do that. Are you are you a competitive
1: sort in that way? Like, would you want yeah. to take a, on some of your uh, some of the the chefs that you know in Portland, some of your friends, and get into a competition? I think food competitions are weird, though.
4: Uh, I mean, if no, if you're trying to sell me on, like, no. No, I'm no. not.
1: I'm not running food competitions. So. I just,
4: for the most part, though, I just, I like cooking at the restaurants, and the way I look at it is anything, it's, like, I love being at the restaurants. I love being with my family. Anything that's not that takes away from where I want to be, and it's got to be one special fucking thing to.
1: You think your kids are gonna want to cook?
4: My daughter does. My son doesn't. But he as of now, yeah.
1: As of now, things change.
4: He's only seven, but my daughter, like my daughter, she'll come in and hang out in the restaurant. For, she'll be she'll spend like four hours in the basement. Helping the girls roll out dough, getting like making little fake donuts with pasta dough, sweeping, mopping. He's saying behind you, yelling "corner" when she walks around. She is fearless. Wow, she's only four.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's. uh, So, would you encourage her to get in the business? Sure. Yeah, I mean, she's got a great
4: leg up if you know. With yeah,
1: and do you have any? uh, It sounds like you're living in the moment. So, if I were to ask you, is there anything? Any goals you have that you haven't accomplished yet? You're you're fine where you are.
4: Goals that I haven't accomplished.
1: I think that's telling that you can't even think of it. It's not in your mind.
4: Um. Well, I mean, it's this. kind of it's not a stock answer, but I mean, La Pigeon, I feel, is in the, you know one of the top restaurants in Portland, and I would like my goal is to keep it there. And Little Bird is consistently, you know, up there in the top and, you know, to keep that there. And then we'll see what happens with Canard. But, you know, that's the goal is just staying kind of towards the top of the heap.
1: That's rough, too, because you got a couple of things working against you. You got much working for you, but you got a lot of talented people out there. Well, there's always, the a thing. N- there's- and then there's always the. Should let's give it to somebody new. There's right?
4: always a new, uh, younger person with more energy and more, you know, creative power. And you know, I do feel really good about the fact that you know, for 12 years, we've been cooking dishes with no repeats at La Pigeon, and uh, you know, yeah, and we've been able to grow.
1: That's pretty insane, but uh, st- you
4: know, staying, staying, staying somewhere towards the top of that heap of you know. Because having people come from out of town because they heard that we're, you know, one of the best in the city is great.
1: How many, what percentage, do you know what percentage of your clientele comes from is local and what?
4: A lot, a lot, of, a lot comes from out of town.
1: Yeah. Almost every time I've been there, I've sat next to somebody who's in from New York or someone, you know, but you, you get that in a lot of restaurants, but almost always yeah, yeah. when I've been to your lots restaurant. Of,
4: lots of out of towners. And so. Um, it's good for business
1: yeah i would think so and it's good you're helping a lot of other businesses in portland too because you're creating headlines and people are coming out just to uh to have your food um are there any young you talked about young talent is there anybody specifically that comes to mind that you think is awesome that we ought to be looking out for that you know of either in your own restaurants or elsewhere
4: yeah i mean I mean, everybody. I feel like everybody that works. F- yeah, it's hard for not me to is, mention everybody. Is pretty awesome. But uh, the young woman Marcel, who's over at Little Bird, I think is doing a great job. She's pretty kick ass. She doesn't, you know, doesn't take no bullshit either. Um, and uh, the team at La Pigeon is just rock solid. We've got uh, Christopher, who's been with me for a long time, and Zan, who's been with me forever. They're just, you know, rocks. And then a uh, newer guy, Matt. At Le Pigeon, who's got a real good creative streak, keep a watch out for him. And then the team at Canard—I, you know, um, my 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 CDC at Canard Taylor. Uh, got a job as a prep cook at Le Pigeon by bringing his son to the interview, and I was like, "All right, I like that priorities, good deal."
1: He did a little research. He know, you uh, knew what you were all about.
4: And then uh, you know, he's just—I'm—I'm I'm learning a lot from him. He's got—he's got me like using striving to use uh excel and get a little bit more
1: i thought you were about to mention an ingredient
4: no more computer i'm you know pretty impressed with that and then um he's got a real uh natural knack for not just cooking but for for managing that i am really impressed watching
1: oh that's cool yeah do you get to go out much are you going to many other restaurants because I get, you know, for years when I would ever, and I asked many chefs this, where their favorite places are, invariably the the sh- the counter at Le Pigeon was the first thing, the first thing out of many chefs' mouths. Are you out eating a lot? It doesn't seem like you would try be.
4: To, um, I try to. I do like to go out and eat, but we, you know, with the kids and stuff, we cook a lot at home. Um.
1: But do you get a date night with Hannah? Where you get to go out and really yeah, we just eat?
4: had sushi a little while ago. Um, we usually go to like more. Well, we li- we go to Coquine. We live on right, pretty close.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I like Tusk for brunch or like like three o'clock. You know, two thirty, three o'clock on the weekend afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we eat at a lot? We've honestly just been enjoying like going to, um, some of the food carts in our neighborhood and with the kids, you know, riding the bike and stuff. And um, I went and checked out okay. Omens recently. That was cool. It was like one of their first days. That mm-hmm. was neat. Um, i like, it's what a little doing different there.
1: than cafe Castagna, I would think. Yeah. All right. So how are the giants doing? I haven't been paying, I've kind of backed off of baseball in the last month because the Mets suck. So much they started. Yeah, the Mets
4: out, came out of the they came out of the gate like the team to watch, right? They had those
1: they were eleven and one. They're now they're now the worst team in baseball already, but before yeah. the
4: All Star break. What happened, man?
1: Their pitching just went south. Everything just without Suspendus.
4: Oh, is he, is he out? Oh yeah, he's
1: been out. You know, Syndergaard's been out. And DeGrom, but now they're talking right? about getting rid of Degrom, yeah. which is he's got a one point seven ERA right now. So yeah, that sucks. Well, How the, are Giants are the Giants could doing? take him. Yeah, we of course some the Giants could. They've taken Beltran in the past, and
4: uh, yeah. they're doing all right. They're hovering uh, about. I think we're like three and a half games back. Oh, that's not bad. No, no, no. The national, the, the, national, the National League West isn't like. We'll see what happens. You know, we got we had some pitching issues too, and so we're just starting to get healthy.
1: Yeah, well, at least you've had. Yeah, all I can say is you've had a really good decade. You
4: know? Yeah. So we. I know that's been nice to be able to enjoy to be able to it, it, uh, have that happened in my life
1: yes is that and I had I had it happen when I was 11 that's when all the good stuff in New York happened but really is that good like stuff. in
4: the early 80s or the late 80s oh no
1: thank you but it was the late 60s the late 60s yeah so 69 the Mets the Jets and the Knicks all oh. won one year when you're 11 years old that's pretty cool
4: that is a big that's big
1: yeah and the Rangers were in the Stanley Cup that year so it was a Four all four teams.
4: Yeah, the Yankees, man. You got it. Too bad you're not a Yankees fan.
1: No, no, it's very good that I'm not a Yankees <laughs> fan. So I'm happy about that. So, are you uh, any other sport? We don't have baseball, Major League Baseball here. Are they, they're talking you think? about getting it. What do you think? You think we're going to get it?
4: I would love. I would love for that to happen
1: more than anything. Would you? Would you prefer it's National League or American League? I'm a National League fan, but I think
4: I w- a rivalry I w- with the Mariners would be good. I would rather have American League because then I can stay a Giants fan. Yeah, well, you I mean, still I would say. stay a Giants fan, but then I would it would it'd be much less conflicting uh, because I would have to be like root for Portland. Yeah, like, I do, mean, I, still, I do consider myself a both. Portlander now.
1: Yes. So, are you any anything? Are you a Blazers fan? Do you care? Big time. Yeah. Oh, big time. Okay. I
4: never even cared about basketball. I mean, I died, and I go Bay Area sports all the way. I, I'm big. I, I root for the Timbers and uh, the Blazers.
1: But we have to have baseball it's not the same without this is the perfect baseball climate too
4: it's yeah no it's it'd be amazing
1: yeah so i hope they succeed
4: i don't yeah i mean who who would come up here the a's is that what they're talking about the a's
1: or tampa or yeah they're not going to get a a team from scratch but um no Yeah, anything. Anything would be nice. I was so disappointed. This city would do
4: so well for the A's.
1: For any baseball, I think it's, you know, they get behind their sports. People would say it's not a baseball team. Well, of course, I mean, a baseball town. Of course, it has never had the opportunity to really be a baseball town. I mean, minor league baseball, but that's not the same as majors. Yeah,
4: I just took my kids to see their first, or maybe it was my first, Pickles game two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a blast. Was it really? Have you been? No. It is fun. It was packed.
1: I haven't been there. I I want to go to the Hillsboro Hops games, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that. That's... Uh, I haven't done that. Have you taken your kids to a Giants game?
4: Yes. Not the newest one. And... Not... I don't think my daughter... I know my son has been twice, maybe once as a baby, but they would hate it. Too slow? Yeah, like... I watch sports at home, and it's like, Dad.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe over time, but yeah, it's different. But but I have to say, on the West Coast, it's easier to get. It, I would think it'd be easier to get a kid into it now because now, on the East Coast, games are over at ten, eleven, twelve. 12. Yeah. So at least you can you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not watching baseball with you. That that is a peripheral. It sounds I, like I, I if,
4: got my son playing uh, baseball though. He's like really into pitching oh, well, and catching cool. and hitting. Yeah, he will
1: be there. He'll get there with so, you.
4: He's not like on a team, but we're we he's he's pretty he's he's all right. He's he can handle a glove all right.
1: So at some point though, that has to be the team has to be an outlet, right? You can't just he's got he, to baseball. You got to go out and play. Well, at some we'll point. see.
4: We'll see. He 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 likes stuff, and then you get him in the the like the team environment. you are like, hey, you got to this is what you do now, and you stand here and do this. And he's like, ah, screw this. Yeah. But right now we just have a blast throwing. Throwing the ball and playing catch.
1: Well, that's good. What else do you like doing with your kids? What else is? What other activities? Um,
4: are? Well, I got a good. They're they're at a good age where I can run and they ride their bike. Okay. And so that's, and that's pretty good. fun. Keeps you Yeah, we well, put a couple miles in that way, and it's like, you know. Are you still rollerblading? I mm, had not in a couple of weeks. I've been off oh, it for a, that's couple, a couple, weeks. couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. I got. A, I need some new. I need some new boots. Some new boots. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else. Uh. Cooking. My daughter's really into cooking with me, and my son. He likes the baseball and riding the bike, and uh, yeah, I just love getting out. I love you know getting outside and as much as possible, going on hikes, camping.
2: I,
1: I you know, from the little I see um, or just hear from you, you're I, in your heart, as you said, the first thing you said when you sat down was family first. Yeah, and uh, I think that's pretty cool considering the success that you've had. If your family is more successful than your businesses, you got, you're a lucky man and a, and a, a smart man. Too. Thank you very much. So, and smart for coming down here, and we're lucky to have you. So. Sweet. Thanks. Really appreciate it. We've been wanting this to happen for years.
4: You can so, thank uh, Chelsea, who is a prep cook, who comes in 6 a.m. in the morning at Canard, and she just one day, she goes, Chef, you ever going to do that podcast with Chris Angeles? I was okay. like, funny you should say that. He's been trying to get me to do that for years. And I said, would you listen to it? She goes, I listen to all of them. Oh, cool. And so I, st- I literally said, I okay. called you.
1: Yeah. Right um, there. I'm very happy that happened. I try not to annoy. I think I've, uh, I just once in a while when I yeah, see no, you it's say, fun. hey yeah, man, well,
4: the, I, the irony is that like with the third restaurant, my schedule is more open. I'm more, I'm, I, I actually have more time to do different things. I'm just, I'm busier, but I have more time to fit in different things to be busy versus just like. Be at Le Pigeon at this time. Leave Le Pigeon at this time. Be at Little Bird here. Leave Little Bird.
1: Is that because the three restaurants you have to have
4: more the people? Proper, yeah. yeah, you have to have yeah, the yeah. proper support. So, so life is do. yeah. So I'm this year. I, I've said no to like so many things over the years. So this is the year I'm saying yes to stuff. And so I'm like you know gonna go do a little, some more dinners offsite and more right. some more charity stuff. And,
1: Are you gonna go to France? No. Not interest. I'm not
4: going to no, waste the money to take three annoying kids to France right now.
1: Yeah, but at some point. At
4: some point, yeah, but right now is not the time.
1: All right. We're good. going
4: to, we went to Mexico.
1: Yeah, well, that's good. Three, three And uh, I didn't hear you call them annoying. But, oh, no, I did. But travel at a certain age is really tough. Yeah, I don't want to so. be in
4: it. On that flight
1: yeah or in a car for a long period of
4: time well we're gonna drive up to orcas island at the end of the month so that's we'll not too far that's six not hours yeah yeah we'll see what happens good
1: we'll have fun with that and thanks for coming in of And thanks. thank you chelsea totally appreciate <laughs> it and we'll have to have chelsea come in sure she too. would love to i would love we want to have chelsea on this year it's a it's a
4: sounds good That's gonna happen okay all right thanks so much yep.